Hey guys, welcome to episode 180 of the podcast with my marvelous guest, Ingrid Oliver. Whew, guys, this was a fave, as I'm sure you can see from the overall length of the podcast episode itself. I really am so confident that you're going to enjoy this. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for you to check it out. Shout out wise, I want to thank Kristen T or Kirsten T. I'm sorry, Kirsten. Um, I just did a little dyslexic uh, reading there. Kirsten, thanks for your great suggestions. Alex, uh, thanks for your great email. Liz, thank you. And thank the rest of you that um, gave Anne of Green Gables on Google uh, a shout out uh, a couple of days ago. Sam, thank you so much for your sweet email. Greg in SF, uh, looking forward to seeing you at the festival. Tammy, I wanted to uh, wish you an early happy December birthday. And uh, Robert, thank you for your great email. I'm so excited about this episode and it's already so long. I'm going to just leave it at that except to say, guys, get your tickets for SF Sketchfest shows. I will be doing a live JV Club episode there on Saturday, uh, January 16th with Josh and Chuck of Stuff You Should Know. Uh, if you like that podcast, you will love getting to know them as teens. And uh, if you just listen to my podcast and not theirs, you know I'm a huge fan of theirs. So I am so, so, so excited that worked out. And uh, that's just one of a couple of hundred great shows we have at Sketchfest. So check it out, sfsketchfest.com. And uh, talk to you guys soon. Okay. Now entering Nerdist.com. On, on on mic because uh, I feel like it's going to inform the entire podcast for me personally, which is to say that I am very, I wildly gesticulate, I'm a very expressive, cartoonish person to a fault. And because my neck is pulled, I don't know what's going to happen. It might change my, the whole character of my interview style. Oh, gosh. It's so, it's a dense, You're still- deep pain. <laughs> You're still doing it through your face, though. I am. It's all, face, it will get so extreme that you might be frightened. You're going to over, overcompensate with your face. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll say something funny, and I will forget for a moment, and then I'll pull something, and then everyone will hear me gasp and or cry out. Listen, we don't need to worry about that. Ugh. Yeah, You're not going to say anything interesting? I'm not going to say anything funny or interesting, so we'll you be really fine. You're looking out for me. Thank you very much, Ingrid. My pleasure. Uh, and so w- before we started recording, we were talking about this extraordinary good earth tea that you're drinking. Um, it's delicious. I mean, I don't know that you, I would, I wouldn't do that every day. Right. But I, it is one of those teas where when I, A, have a hankering for it, it becomes very important that I have that and nothing else because there isn't anything else like it. And B, uh, it, but it is a, it is a very specific flavor and, I think I would very quickly become tired of it if that's all I could drink. Well, I think what's interesting is it's a cinnamon flavor, mm-hmm. sweet and spicy. I think they claim that there's some, some sort of orange. Like a pico. Or- is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, maybe. Thing. But I think pico is might be caffeinated. Oh. So it can't be that because and it's caffeine-free. Caffeine but the, what's interesting is a lot, Americans use a lot of cinnamon and stuff, as in cinnamon chewing gum, which I find an aberration. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't understand why. What you kind want of gum to do you like the taste of? You, 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 I like your your standard bubble. peppermint. I okay. don't want to mess around. Sure. Um, so so this tea, I'm surprised I like it because it's very it's very big red chewing yeah, gummy, which I it normally is. don't like. But this is this is delicious. I- <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess where I was going with talking about it is that I don't know that I would want them to sponsor me. Not that I have any sponsors. I have zero and have sought zero. But uh, but that, I, I think I would be like, you know what? I'll pass if they wanted to. Because the last thing I need is too much of a good thing. That's very sensible. Too much of That's a good That's a very thing. sensible pass. life lesson. Did you, is... Uh, I can't. I got to get this out of the way because I, I while I have had uh, some guests who are from across the continent, mm-hmm. across the pond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God bless us all. <laughs> I would pat myself on the back, but I think it would be painful. I'll rub myself on the back uh, for I that. I was going to offer to do it for you, but I don't. That's we oh, just God, met. It would be so amazing. Yeah. We share one microphone. <laughs> oh my gosh! Next time. Next time. Um, I, I, while I have had um, Brits on the podcast before, I've had uh, uh, an Aussie, a New Zealander, a Kiwi or two. Um, I don't know that I've ever asked the uh, ubiquitous and obnoxious question that I already hate myself for asking, which is: Are you? Are we in a in a world? In, are we in a in a social context of of certainly this business? Have we come far enough in terms of um, Americans' familiarity with non-American cultures? that particularly s- similar western cultures that people don't now say to you like do you drink tea every day do you have biscuits do you da 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 or do you still get plagued by that stuff here well in in all fairness though i find myself yes i do is the answer to that uh-huh. I, and people a minute i in my mouth they go are you from london and uh-huh. they go yes yes i am um do they always say from london or do they assume i mean you could be from anywhere to anywhere? be honest they, no they actually no they do mainly say are you where are you from and i go well obviously i in my head i think well obviously i'm from london yeah. so i go from london in a quite i it, it i've said it enough times now that i'm starting to get annoyed by it uh-huh. and, I, and i and i and so i i, I could potentially come across as a, a little bit uh rude uh-huh. um but no but to be fair i play into it as well i talk about i will start talking about weather which i don't even i don't do at home uh-huh. but i do it here and i play into every single stereotype that you could imagine an english person uh, would have and so I, i'm very much complicit okay in okay. it yeah but then i also but then i, then I do that and i also do is that it a really point annoying of pride or is it just a strange thing that happens when it you're breaks, out of your element in some way i think it breaks the ice uh-huh. i think if you go for your for your standard that is just i think well for example i do i do i'll say things like god i'll do it I, i'll be like wow you guys here, over, <laughs> over here you, you do that don't you which is hilarious because uh-huh. we don't do that right um like a like i'm in fifth grade and uh-huh. that's all i know about the world um and it's yeah so i definitely i'm guilty of it myself i think we just yeah i think in new situations we fall back into just sort of cliches uh-huh. so how it's often not, are you here well i'm here does the what, show shoot here I don't even know. No, no, no. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't imagine that was true. But. No, I, I um, I, well, I, one of my oldest friends moved here about seven years ago, and so I come and visit her. It's normally when I've had a breakup, then I'll come Perfect. book myself in a few weeks yeah. uh, to uh-huh. LA. So yeah. every kind of couple of years. Yeah. Um. So I'll. I'll so you c- go straight to LA. You don't go to like the sands of New Mexico to heal. No, I don't. Or I don't know. I, th- I don't know where else. I know that would Big make more sir, sense. Just to meditate and think about it. Well, Yoga on it. Well, it's because I'm on my own, so mm. I don't want to. Those places all sound romantic. I'm trying to think of the American version of the woman who goes to Tuscany to write her book. Yeah, yeah, that's weird that I go to LA. That's not Uh exactly. (laughs) Not a lot of healing is going Uh, to happen. Well, Well, depends on how you feel. Fun here. Yeah, Yeah. 
I like going to rock bars and drinking a lot of there whiskey. There you go. Um, yeah, no, so I, I come quite a lot. I come quite a bit, but actually in the last year I've been here more than usual because I'm sort of thinking about moving here. So oh. I'm in the throes of, of indecision at the moment. Do you have a lot of uh, friends here who are expats who can kind of educate you as to whether or not they think it's a good idea? Yeah, I do. I mean, actually when I was here in the summer, I, I went to a birthday party of a friend of mine from home and I walked in the room and literally everyone from London that I know was in there. Uh-huh. And I didn't, I didn't know they, they all moved without yeah. telling me. Um, maybe I should do you know Chris read into Gear? that. What's that? Do you know Chris Gear? I He's on the show that I'm on on FXX called You're the like Worst. I feel like I do it seems like know that name. Chris Gear. I'm going to Google him immediately yeah. as soon as this is over. Um, but yeah, th- there's just so many people of, of sort of, you know, producers and writers and, and comedians that have moved over with young families as well. And they love it. They're absolutely loving it. You know what I almost said, which is the biggest compliment to him I could ever pay, is I almost lumped Rich Folter into that group. I know. Because he was there for so long, but I know him you I know, from with Rich. years I, and years and years yeah. ago. I, he would love it if he, if he knew that I immediately thought like, oh, you must, you must know Rich, as if he's from the UK. But well, he kind of, he basically is, isn't he? Yeah. Is he does and he, he married a Brit, didn't he? Did he? I didn't know that. So maybe I'm wrong. Well, because I haven't, well, I haven't seen him for a few years, but he, um, he's amazing. And because uh, he does a show in the UK called, or did a show in the UK called The Mighty Boosh yeah. uh, with Noel Fielding. That's beloved here. Which is great. Yeah. And um, he's crazy in, in the best way possible. Yes. Um, I love Rich Vulture. But yeah, I haven't seen him for a few years. But is he, so he lives in the UK, doesn't he? He doesn't. I think he's he comes... here now because I just did a show with him. Um, I did uh, this show called At Midnight, which I'm sure you'll eventually end up yeah. doing if you haven't done it yet. But uh, I think he's here and he's married and has a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, he back so here I again. Think, but yeah, he came back here, but he well, was England gone wasn't forever. good enough for him, was I it? I guess not. <sighs> not good enough to raise his child. Even worse. Wow. <laughs> even more insulting. Do you know what? I, I said I liked him. I, I completely changed my mind. Yeah. All he's right. A, well, traitor. Traitor. What a, what a bastard. Yeah. What a what straight a up bastard. Shit. Um, <laughs> are you from London proper? I am uh no well I am um, I never know what from means do you mean born do you mean I guess raised? born and bred I guess yeah um well I was born in Germany oh wow because okay. uh, my father is sort of German Polish quite weird odd uh, I'm not never sure where he's from uh-huh. mysterious that sounds very mysterious yeah I have to imagine he was a Nazi <laughs> and he's hiding his past his checkered past I can't believe this is on record <laughs> Um, no, he's not. I'm a real sleuth he's based not, on but, zero but in information. All, uh, my grandfather may have been, as far as I know. I think, well, because my, they were Polish. You said, your face, good of your a face suddenly went really serious. Like, oh, okay. We're, oh, we're actually gonna talk, Nazi. We're going to get right into that. Um, <laughs> I no, need no, to they ask were, you to leave. Because it's, it's they're from an area of Poland that was always... Uh, belong to Germany so it's mm. they were Polish but they had to they sort of were forced to fight yeah on the side so it's quite on the side of the Germans so it's, it's quite a complex area um I think my grandfather actually deserted I think he left so that makes him a good good That's one right? right one of the good ones and also boy I mean this is a probably either this is the least controversial thing to say or it is uh slightly controversial or maybe it's very controversial I guess I don't really know because I don't talk about this very often with people because the sort of rhetoric that we all say is like well I never would have blah 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 and I don't know if have you seen any of the man in the high castle I have Amazon? not I really want to see I, it I really loved it and um and I, I mean, aside from the sort of alternate universe world building, that's always very interesting. I mean, it is, you can sort of hear, that's the kind of idea where you hear one sentence and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm in. And, and also, I wish I would have thought of that, you know, this idea of, oh, the Germans, you know, won. And 
now America has sort of been annexed to the Japanese and to the Germans and sort of seeing what that could look like. It's a stretch, but it's a lot of it is just really extraordinary and kind of interesting to see. And uh, what always comes up for me when I watch stuff like that, particularly if it has kind of a sci-fi bent to where there's this, the reality is like two steps removed so you can like let yourself yeah. think more about it in the abstract. Yeah. I do think to myself like, of course we all say, you know, I would never, but I don't know. I mean, the if reality that's true. is that if you didn't, your family would shot. And, you know, if you hadn't, I just don't, you, yeah, your family just, would have been, uh, you know, all sorts I of I would love to believe every person I know and love in America would have said, you know, I'd rather die or I'm going to help, yeah. help the Jews. I'm going to help struggle. Of course, I never feel I would want to, to allow anyone to be harmed as a human being, particularly somebody who is just being victimized and not doing anything. Yeah. But, but God, I, I just don't know. It's so complex, isn't it? I think there was, I, I used to be obsessed with Nazi history as in, I wanted to write a play it's about. fascinating. Yeah. Awful. I, I, he was, I mean, it's that thing of, because it's so recent actually. And you know. So recent. It's that thing of exactly that. Like, that's exactly the question you go, would I have been different? And I think, I think uh, I was particularly obsessed with female uh, concentration camp guards mm. while we're really oh hey, my god funny, funny, sure funny. <laughs> um wow hey guys no but i never even um, thought about that before but absolutely there's there's a few books on on uh actually in the in the typical way if it's not male history people don't really write proper books about it it was of course. they were kind of self-published b- books that were very interesting by professors but they didn't have the no one offered them you right. know an actual publishing deal um so you kind of have to really f- try hard to find these books but there were there were some extraordinary examples of women uh, at the camps who were particularly sadistic and so it's that what for me was particularly interesting about that is that thing that idea that women aren't capable or women are you know homemakers and nurturing and men are the ones that are evil and Mm -hmm. bad and but actually there was that that whole um atmosphere at the time just engendered this horrendous behavior yeah particularly in the camps there was a there was my the one that the example that sticks out the most i'm so sorry that i'm going into this this is a really odd, an it odd area for debate fascinating um i will talk about it all day long <laughs> nazis talk about nazis all day long um there was yeah a woman who was the wife of one of the of the camp superintendents and she would her particular thing uh, would be to find prisoners who had tattoos, not you know, not just the numbers, but right. like actual tattoos yeah. of whatever intricate things. The more intricate, the better. I'm so and scared of where and you're going with yeah, this. and she would uh, skin them. Oh my god! And and turn their skin into like lampshades. Oh my god! And furniture. And you read those things, you go, wow, that is that is just that is something else. Yeah. And and so I think we can say with some certainty you wouldn't be that person. Agreed, agreed. You agreed. might be. I don't think. Yeah, know. I'd like to yeah. think that it, that I don't have that deep of a streak running in me. I I, I guess at at best. I would hope that it would be completely fear-driven, but even that's like a horrifying thing to think about myself. But I do feel like, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, I'm lucky in that most of the people in my life, if I say that, are like, you're crazy. Of course you would have, you know, not sympathized, or of course you wouldn't have gone along with it. But again, I'm like, I just don't feel, I feel like that's giving myself credit that I don't feel I can ever actually deserve because that is so far outside the realm i mean my life is so far outside the realm of being in a concentration camp or being the wife of a person who's in charge of a concentration camp 
I How just do don't, know? it's like saying, can you be sure that you would be, if you were a tiger yeah. or if you were a fish, can you be sure that it feels like it's also, that far away in a weird way? It is. And also if you, you know, you know, before the days of Twitter and Facebook where there were a million opinions circling around and so you sort of had access to other world views, I guess if you live in a country where, um, this, you're told a certain thing and everyone is told that and, and you have, you're, you're, you're made to believe it. Uh, and if you don't, then you will be, you will f- personally be at risk and your family is at risk right. it's sort of yeah how could you possibly know how you'd react in that situation i you know as a human being i know that i would i couldn't inflict pain on another human being but yeah i don't really know where i'm going well, no, but, you, but know you know what, what i mean it's I yeah do. it's all about and i will also say this and i'm not i'm not i guess i can't be the person who's saying this because i am not at, i haven't committed my life to activism in the united states the way some people have but and 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 i don't I'm not the right person. And I just had a a conversation about sort of feminism, but also about um, representation of different ethnicities in comedy with another white girl. And we both were sort of like, we're probably the last people who should be talking about this Mm. because there's, there's a sense of sort of how much do I know of what I speak? But while I won't say on one side or the other, like, you know, the Jews and dying in concentration camps should or should not be compared to blacks dying ghettos in the United States. Mm -hmm. But I will say that this idea of the further removed you are from the the horror that's happening, whether it be large and immediate or small and insidious, the easier it is to kind of go, well, I didn't kill anyone. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I voted against welfare. Yeah. Or I voted this way, or I felt that when, when our government decided that this prison sentence made more sense for certain people, and it just so happens that they're 90% African American, yeah. that wasn't my choice. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. like, well, what did you do to stop that? Yeah. And what did you, and so. Again, I, I don't feel comfortable. I'm sure there are Jewish listeners who would say, how dare you make that comparison? I'm sure there are black listeners who say, how dare you make that comparison? Yeah. But I do feel like there's stuff that happens in our country that we, in context, if it were presented outside of us, might be like, that's shocking. Yeah. I would never be party to that. And it's like, well, guess what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right yeah. now. And it's, well, I think, I mean, just in terms of the, the I mean, we'll leave the German thing behind uh, eventually. Uh, but for example, the idea of, of saying that a country is implicitly evil mm-hmm. it that it's just the country mm-hmm. that is germany is implicitly is, is just clearly nonsense yeah i mean i i was in a, in a it's too easy i mean it's just of course it is. and look at them now you know they're taking in uh, you know they're the, the they're the only well the main people that are taking in the refugees from syria at the moment yeah. um and they the so it's not like the german traits the german characteristics aren't that's right persecute. they're just bred that that's way. that's just the yeah. way they are yeah um but i was walking i was in a uh liquor store the other day buying buying some liquor and i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't i was actually buying some chewing gum it wasn't cinnamon. you stay i know um, what you stand for and you do not stand for cinnamon chewing I gum. i do not and i will not waver from that thank you um and and, I, and the guy behind the counter was like we you know i think he was talking about because he heard i was from london so he was like well paris is close enough so you must have an opinion on that that's right so you know what obviously the atrocities recently and uh he said uh he was like well that's just muslim he 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 was that's that's just muslims for you isn't it that they're oh, all no. they're all like that they all oh, and no. and he said and he said if you agree no he said basically all muslims even if they pretend they don't they all agree with what's happened and I just, Whoa. I literally just I went, not I said, sir, we're going to have to agree to disagree and I'm going to leave your shop now. Thank you. Yeah. And I, so that, that mentality is, we st- you know, of us and them is just everywhere. And so that's all it needs to do another, you know, to mm-hmm. have that kind of situation arise again. But 
but yeah but in terms of like the, the, what you were saying about activism and whether you have a right to engage if you're if you're like a white woman I think you just you choose your causes you the things that you could like feminism is a big thing for me at the moment <laughs> big thing for me at the moment <laughs> I'm into maybe it. next week it won't be so into feminism right now I love it <laughs> um <laughs> I'm probably bored with that but right now um yeah I, it's sort of I mean no one can tell you what to feel passionate about I guess and and uh yeah I I, I spend most of my days being angry about posts on f- Facebook about feminist issues um but that's good I think it's good to engage in some way I don't think you should be you know yeah just do it yeah no I totally agree I totally agree and I will say that I feel like I've been having more conversations uh and those regular listeners of the podcast know this but I feel like I've been having more conversations of late about talking about not talking about feminism sort of like are we not supposed to be talking about this because I still want to talk about it there's sort of I feel like there's been an upward swing of that in opposition to this sort of stymieing, like, eh, shut up about that. We're going to focus on this other thing now. Yeah. You guys, you got, you're good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough. You know? Well, here's a, here's a question. I, I think, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, that there is a difference between, what, like the word feminism in America, is that still a slightly dirty word? I feel, as I, as in what the conversations around feminism, is that the feeling that there's people are getting think, sick of it? I think I'm, I think we are still, even to be able to have these conversations in this bubble, um, I think that I don't feel that it is to any great degree in this city or in this section of California, possibly in the section of the United States. I don't know. But I mean, obviously there are, the further and further you get away from big cities the more i think likely it is that you'll have a lot of differing opinions on that Mm. um but i do feel like i guess what i want to believe is that if other things that have been pushed down and ignored for far longer are moving ahead my hope is that that's sort of a climate reflection of things that are still issues like feminism like if we're still if we're pushing forward trans rights so much my hope is that those those types of ideas and ideals and those kind of mores changing are going to continue to encompass civil rights and feminist rights and kind of stuff like that but i don't know that that's a hundred percent reflection of the rest yeah. of the United States. Well, you know? it's it'll take a while, it'll won't it? While. It'll take a while. Yeah. But I just I was just reading I just read a little blurb. I just read two things. Um when I woke up this morning, I was like, Yeah, you know what? I know I don't ever read this L magazine that I get, but I do kind of like the articles as much as I like seeing cute purses, uh, <laughs> which I'm not proud of saying. I wish I could say I just wait, wait, read, you know, we're allowed to uh, do that. We're allowed to like the Atlantic purses. monthly or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but there was two things I got pretty irked about this morning, which was one was I was reading a little blurb on Mary Louise Barker has a new book and it sounds really interesting. It's interesting because she, it's all, um, sort of letters to men from her life. And Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, a pet to her father, to a trans friend of hers, to a, you know, boyfriend. Um, And so I was sort of reflecting on that, like, interesting, you know, I wonder how certain people are going to read the idea of her doing that. Like, I bet she'll be eviscerated for even writing a book that's mostly, you know, that's all about men. Yeah. Um, But also, isn't she entitled to do that? So how do I feel about that? And then within the context of that blurb, uh, the writer who is female said um, this sentence, improbably, Parker is sexier at 51 than she was at 25. 
Holy macaroni. And I, I'm so angry about that. Was like, oh my God, that makes me oh so angry. Oh my, like I'm going to write a letter, I think. And Ugh. I'm not the person who writes letters to magazines, but I just, I just couldn't. I mean, I just was like, it I got just... so tense. That's probably why I threw my neck out. Cause I just got so like, I kept reading it over and over again. Like, but this, I can't believe I'm reading this. This is the thing. I, <clears throat> this, I'm actually, I'm, I'm writing something that I want to, I, I want to tend to a short film. It's just about, the way women there are these tropes and that just exist and we've sort of stopped questioning them which is that you know a woman in a film is going to be sexy and the man is going to be strong and 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 women in magazine articles will be described as having you know sat on a sofa with their feet tucked under them just tucking uh-huh. into a kale without salad. A, without a shred of makeup yeah on, without a shred of makeup clean. on natural beauty and yeah. it's just like oh my, we're just so used to consuming this utter yeah. bullshit that we that, that it just informs our view and and i remember once when i was um when we did, um, I did a sketch show in the UK called Watson and Oliver, which was uh, a, the double act that I was in. Um, I'm in still. And um, we, when our first series came out, we, were, we did like press interviews and we were rung by a journalist from Marie Claire, a woman. And um, she, we, you know, we were talking about, well, the, the question we'd always get was like, are women as funny as men? Yeah. Or they'd get they'd couch it by going i don't think this but a lot of people do so what would you say to them that's right that's like that's something that still comes up like for sure exactly like but and and for some reason comedy is still okay yeah if i was to say to a female journalist do you think you're as good a writer or as intelligent as men they would go nuts but for some reason in the realm of comedy that's still okay to ask um you know don't 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 ask that question just because yeah. a few misogynists think that's what, what well quite a lot of people think that's the case yeah. but um but then anyway so after that annoying question I was like I was already I was already uh, slightly irked and then she goes and um and finally what dress size are you <gasps> what and I was like I'm sorry that what what has what's that got to do with anything and she went no it's just because our readers like to know what dress size what dress size people are that we interview and I was like okay well I, I don't think that's any of your business. Also, just completely out of place in an article about comedy. And then she went, okay, the thing is that if you don't tell us, um, we you tend to guess. guess. And sometimes we could go up a size. Like a veiled threat. Oh, my God. And I was... Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And it was just like, what the actual... What what kind of world are we living in where yeah. that's even a... You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you this. What? How do you feel that those... Like, what differences do you notice or do you notice differences in the treatment of those things in the US versus the UK? Do you feel like there's one... There's a... There's... Uh, and I'm obviously I'm talking about the microcosms in which you've sort of experienced. I'm sure your answer in Kentucky is different than your answer if you'd spent more time in New York than in LA than in Portland. But in your experience in both countries, do you feel like you can see differences? Do you feel like it's kind of about the same? I, I think um, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. It's, it's when you're in cities that it's very different from maybe when you're not <clears throat> when you're slightly further out. The same is true in yeah. England. I think. But um, was that something that was that that was talked about when you were a teenager? Were were those kinds of issues? I mean, when I got to college, I was able to take these sort of women's studies classes, which was really interesting to even go. Why isn't why does this only become an option when you leave for college in America? It's like, oh, here now. I mean, that may not be true now, but certainly in my public school experience, ain't nobody talking about women's studies until you have these elective choices when you get, you know, to I, be that age. See, I, 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 I would love to do a degree in uh, women's studies. I've been thinking about doing that actually recently, um, you know, postgraduate or something. Yeah, but yeah. I th- uh, but but th- literally just yesterday I read um, back in England, 
that they have taken, <laughs> despite the, you know, as we were saying that we feel maybe there's a movement towards understanding feminism a bit more and sort of women's, which is basically what we're saying is equal rights for women. That's what we're saying. Uh-huh. Um, um, that there's a movement towards understanding that better and sort of disseminating those ideas more. Literally, uh, the new, our new, our government uh, in the UK has just taken uh, suffragettes out of the English uh, school syllabus. So no longer will they teach about uh, the women's movement. And what's the reasoning for that? I have no idea. It seems like very odd timing, uh, a very a weird, odd thing to do. Because that is such a fundamental part of... Uh, yeah. I've seen the film. I know what happened. <laughs> um, um, Kerry Mulligan saved, saved the world. That's and right. um, she was very good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it just seems like an odd statement to make. And the woman... And it was a woman who did it. So the woman on, 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 on the, uh, the Minister for Cultural Schools or something um, has decided to take... And was there, was there a conversation about that? Was there a defense of that where she said what I fear people do use in as, as an excuse which is like no guys we've we're there yeah we're it's, totally... Im- it's implicit now it's 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 so interwoven into yeah, our culture we that to, we don't need to address we that and throwing it in men's faces come right, on right right um i will be totally honest with you janet i did i only read the article this morning okay great no and enough. i have not read the uh surrounding we have a follow-up yeah we, there will be a follow-up There's as soon no as i get home you're allowed to <laughs> have not prepared that statement well no i hate i hate dropping in dropping in facts oh, and then no. not being able to fully i feel fully... like i might be the queen of that yeah um <laughs> but oh and then the other thing i was gonna say just to i don't want to spend time on this because i want to move on but i did say that there were two things that i read in the, in the same magazine the other one was um women uh in various careers being encouraged to find male mentors because while the idea of finding a great female mentor who has achieved what you want to achieve is a great idea there are just so few of them still in Mm. so many fields that Mm. you that you really in order to be able to get the information you need or to feel guided you probably will still need to consider having a male mentor and that felt so fraught to me that I, I sort of was like i i absolutely understand the context i understand the reality of that i understand like everything about it made sense and it still shocked and offended me I still was like, God damn it. Yeah. I mean, I still feel like somehow it feels like there's a discouragement implied there somehow. And I know that's not the intention. So whatever my fussy issue is, for some reason in reading that, I I felt like there was this underlying accidental thread that's like, and the reason, and and just remember men will always have more positions of power than women. And that's not even what they were saying. I, but I like mean, it just kind of, ugh, and it was right after I read the Mary Louise Parker thing. So I, I was know. like primed to be offended by something. And we could get, I mean, we could get into the whole positive discrimination thing as well, but it's, it's, uh, as you say, there just aren't as many women in positions of power. So what do we do about that? Well, we have to do something about yeah. that. Um, and, I, I, and know. if that means young women now need to have yeah. mentors who are men so that they can understand that the glass ceiling doesn't need to exist for them because there is there should there are gender yeah. crossovers and that you know you're learning from a skilled person and the fact that that's a man will not always be the case yeah. because they're pushing those yeah. all, pushing all of that that's great and that's I know that's what the intention was but like I said I was already in such a little fuss about the it's other thing I had read that I just got minefield. very grumpy. Yeah. It's a blooming minefield. And yeah, I spent, as I say, most of my time being angry uh-huh. or grumpy <laughs> about these things. And I, I, you know, I don't, you know, and I don't want to be reactionary because I know, you know, I don't want to be reactionary and sort of like, well, this is all bad and anything to do with, you know, well, that's a case in point. 
because logic and reason sort of has to come in somewhere and you go, well, this isn't, this isn't people saying that you shouldn't have male mentors because yeah. that's also fine. That also, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's also exactly. fine. Of course it's fine. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's picking the battles. So, uh, okay, so to go back to um, this idea of you as a, as a teenager in, in London, right? Did you, <laughs> yes. is that where you went So to this school? all started with me saying I was born in Germany and we've gone on about an hour-long tangent. Oh God, that's amazing. Right. So that's, that's wonderful. This I is a very get... tangential podcast, so it feels very normal to me. But <laughs> did you, so, okay, so, but, so. So, yes, I was born in Germany and then I was there uh, for a few years and so, German was my first language. And then um, I moved to Kuwait because my dad uh, was an engineer and he, he did water pumps okay all right um so we were there for a bit and then my parents separated and i came back to england how I was about what uh, yeah what eight. age was okay about eight so kuwait was um how for how many years were you there kuwait was three years one? three to okay. six and I, I have very strong memories of it because it's a very yeah sure, it was a huge culture shock even as a young person yeah yeah child um uh, and and yeah and and so i was i was in birmingham which is uh the uk's second largest city mm-hmm. um and so I lived there for a few years and then I moved to London eventually. So yeah, I've been kind of in the suburbs. It was like mm-hmm. London suburbs, but I now live, well, I say I live in, in, in the center of London and most of my friends would argue that because they think where I live is, is, um, still, the, still the suburbs. And I, I have a real problem with that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a bone of contention. What, uh, where did you go to high school then? Well, I went, I went to, what do we call high school in, uh, secondary school? Where did you go to secondary school? Secondary school. Um, I went to secondary school. Um, and what, on, and what does that encompass? Do you know the equivalent? It's 11 to 18. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. What's 11? So what, what we go only to 12 and then we start college, but like, like right. year 11, like, oh, so oh, ages, ages 11, 18. For a minute there, I thought you meant we go to 12 I years like, old. I was like, well, I listen, straight. I know that there are some interesting <laughs> yeah. uh, programs. And, so, uh, no, so that's, so that's, that would be, that would encompass middle school and high school for us, which some schools are here. Because I've always wanted to know, because I never, like fifth grade, how old are you in fifth grade? Oh God, I don't even know. How, the problem is I was also a year younger than everyone when right. I was in grade, so I tend to answer is that with a you year. Were super different. smart? That is kindergarten. Oh. It's kindergarten. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> that's my big joke. It's like, what do you have to have done to be able to skip kindergarten? But I guess I could read. I don't know. You skipped kindergarten? Yeah, that's what I skipped. Oh my God. That like I came really in kindergarten and they were like, she already knows how to read. She should be in first grade. Oh I my guess. God. What the heck? Well. It's not like I shot to the top of my first grade class. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, it's great. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but um, so uh, okay, so uh, so for so, so first grade six, second grade seven, third grade eight, fourth grade nine, fifth grade ten. So you're ten. Okay. So sixth grade. So sixth grade, I guess six, seven, eight. Yeah. Uh, so that's some schools in the U.S. is six, seven, eight. I went right. to four, five, six, then seven, eight alone, and then nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Are the grades not the ages? got you now that yes i you got turn you 18 many people turn 18 in 12th as grade. they're finishing yeah as they're finishing grade. getting ready for college got you well i and actually and, and also i went to a german school as well i've just remembered that uh i've been to eight i think i went to seven or eight schools in, in the entirety of my uh adult career but i adult career <laughs> no child career mm-hmm. um and i call, it, even I call sounds, it a career even that sounds i call it a career <laughs> Um, That's my, my favorite takeaway. Career. Sure. Um, take it very seriously. <laughs> I'm half German. I take everything seriously. Um, uh, yeah. So, but my secondary school, I was very lucky. I went to a, it was, it was a, a public school, but it was um, a grammar school. I don't know if you, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, do you have that? You don't have that here though. We call prime, like primary school would be grammar school. I think. Well, a grammar school is, is that you, you don't have to pay to go, but they, it's selective entry. So you do a test to get oh. in. Oh, okay. So, so it'd be like a gifted free, program or like some sort for of... For incredibly gifted yeah. children. 
<laughs> well, this is so self-congratulatory. We are so like, <laughs> I yeah, I was pretty smart <laughs> as a child. Well, you was you were following your career. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so so it was, but it was sort of a these are this is some slightly more advanced curriculum in some way or a specialized I curriculum. Don't think or it was like just, that. I, I mean, it was just, you know, it was a it was a good school. I was very lucky. It was, it was good teachers, and, and it wasn't private. It wasn't private, yeah, yeah. so, so um, and it was co-ed. No, it was all girls. Heaven forbid. <laughs> um, it was all girls. Yeah. Do you feel girls. that that was good or bad? Oh, I think it's brilliant. But I. Yeah. But what's interesting? I was. You know, I was. I was having a little hike before I came here today, mm. and I was thinking about the, some of the things that I might talk about. Um, and because I don't do anything last minute or impromptu. Uh-huh. Um, no, but I was. I, I was no, but I was just thinking about the school that I'd gone to, and I realised actually, was, this ties into the feminist thing again. We were brought up, it was a great school and, and everyone, you know, academics, academia was encouraged and, you know, for sports, we, we could, we were told we could do whatever we wanted to do and be whatever great. we wanted to be. But at the same time, it was kind of like, but in a polite way, hmm. because ladies were ladies mm-hmm. and ladies are polite. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fine to be ambitious, but as long as you do it in a polite way. And I've realized that has stayed with me throughout my, my adult career. Interesting. <laughs> um, because... I, I, I went over some emails. Even when we were given our own series, I was so polite. If I, if I had, you know, if there were things that we wanted changing in, a, in, in, in the edit, for example, I'd go, oh, I'd write an email. I'd go, oh, I'm so sorry about this. Oh, um, God, I apologize for everything. Oh, I'm so sorry beforehand. for sounds. And then you'd say what you, the point is. Like, is that okay? I mean, obviously, if you disagree, then don't worry about it. And I was like, what the hell is that? I That's know, ingrained Couldn't. somewhere. Could not relate to that more. Yeah. So that's very universal, I think. Yeah. At least in, I mean, it's very universal within a very specific context of a westernized society yeah. where at least we even are given permission to say, I disagree. But there is this sort of apologetic. Yeah, it's really hard. Well, there's another article. To which be is, contrary. It feels like yeah. it's not. It, it feels like anytime you don't agree with something, you're being contrary. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like for like firstly and then secondly maybe you're, you're right and maybe you're wrong yeah. but like number one is there being disagreeable in some way and it's an extraordinary thing and 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 i'm really trying to work on that i'm really trying to work that you know just shake that off because yeah. not apologizing for everything i do and and also when i said i was i was in a uh i was in a, a room full of it was a, i'm on the board of a thing mm-hmm. and uh, i was in a room full of the majority of people were men very nice men, lovely men, um, but but what was so interesting to me? I'm not an, I'm not an, I'm not not a confident person, so I, I can quite happily talk in a room for people. But yeah. I I found myself really intimidated, and I, I assumed that they were all and they were largely all more experienced also than uh-huh. myself. To uh-huh. be fair, um, but I had a really good point, and I remember sitting there for an hour with my face burning, going, "I really want to say this point, but I don't. I'm too scared. I'm too shy." And and all these men were just saying things that they weren't even necessarily particularly. Relevant, yeah, or interesting, and I thought, no, I'm going to say it. And then I started talking. I was immediately talked over, and I thought, no, I'm not having this. And then I just kept talking until you. they stopped talking. Oh, God, that's great. And then I made my point, and it, everyone was like, Meh. and then this guy backed me up. And as soon as he backed me up, then everyone's like, yeah, actually, no, that's a really good point. Mm. I thought, wow, that's just something we all have to work on. Yeah, a bit. yeah, yeah. Did you were you um, within the context of that kind of environment that you were becoming an adolescent and being an adolescent in? Um, sort on the school side were you did you feel um a sense of rebelliousness about that or did it feel like that absolutely makes sense were you a good student did you kind of play by the rules was were you were you a bit of a class clown was the comedy kind of coming in in, in some sort of personality way um i think because 
well, I, I, there was a phase when I was definitely a, well, I was a troublemaker with a small T. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would hang out with the cool guys. Mm-hmm. And um, so they'd do naughty things and I would do them as well, but feel very sick about it. Uh-huh. So I think ultimately I always had a response a fear and respect of yeah, authority, yeah. but I was like, no, screw you. Right. I'm going to do the, I'm going to smoke some weed in school on the uh-huh. roof and literally just crap myself uh-huh. for the next two weeks <laughs> thinking I'd, I'd, I'd get caught retrospectively. Uh-huh. Um, but so for about two years, I was a, I was a oh, rebel, real mm-hmm. rebel. At what ages? Like 14 to 16, mm-hmm. the difficult years, the mm-hmm. years when you're railing against your parents and everything mm-hmm. else. And, you know, I ra- I think I ran away for uh, like a few weeks, but I did it That's in a, a good one though. That's b- a big deal. But in like a really, but again, in a sort of quite a safe way because I sort of had, I think I'd been given some money by my grandmother, so I had enough money to like rent a nice little, <laughs> like a nice little room in a nice little house, right, about right. literally a minute down the road <laughs> from my from my mum's house. Uh, so it wasn't like amazing. it wasn't like I was on the streets. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like right. I did it, but in a in a way that was still comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so, oh god! But I yeah, and I I just remember I remember when I was about sixteen, the girls that I was with they weren't like a nice group of. Oh gosh, I hope none of them ever hear this. They all um, listen to the podcast. They all They've listen. All they're, they're, they're big fans. I did they're ask them some quick questions beforehand. Um, I, I sort of remember this group of girls did something particularly mean uh, to another so girl. They, okay, so it wasn't just that they were kind of miscreants in the fuck you authority way. They were actually sort of ill-tempered towards A couple other of them were, were like bullies, always, yeah. I would say. Um, and then I remember one of them, yeah, I remember there was a situation where one of them bullied a girl and I was like, this is not okay and this is not cool. And absolutely not who I am in any way. Right. So I then became incredibly studious and went completely the other way and um, and sort of, t- yeah, just just had really nice friends after that. Let me just go ahead and say that this is just like when your grandfather deserted the army. Um, yes. You might have oh been my. a brief Nazi. <laughs> I flirted. That's your I flirted with Nazism. Is that what you're saying? Flirting with Nazism. We're going, I'm going to hell. We're going to hell. <laughs> wow. I just compared girl private school. No, girl public school bullies to Nazis. And then I said that you deserted the Nazi army. That's In many ways, happened. they would have been the first to, to sign up. I'm That's sure. Right. I have no doubt. I have there no doubt go. about it. We there we have go. them in all in all societies. <sighs> um, but yeah, so that so yeah, so no, no. I I saw the light. Did you feel fearful when you made that conversion, or did like were you worried that they would judge you, or do, by that time did you sort of go, "This is going to be fine, no matter what"? Well, a lot. Of, well, luckily that happened when I was sixteen, and when after sixteen, you then chose your subjects. We we then choose subjects at sixteen, so you can mm-hmm. only study three subjects. Okay. Uh, after that, from the age of seventeen to eighteen, so all my subjects were with these new nice people. What and were actually, your new subjects? Um, French, German, and English. Oh my! You so really German went cheating, for the, yeah, German cheating. Because I, no, I, that's I already, a way of keeping it alive okay. for yourself. I think. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and, and also so cool. half the God, girls. So did you, did that mean that you didn't have to do maths anymore? I said yeah. maths plural because I know that that's how you say. Good it. for you. <sighs> That's very. And that was the only prep I did for <laughs> the podcast. I actually like math. I prefer do the math. That's do one of my math, favorite. Just do the math. Do the math. Yeah, um, the S becomes an afterthought very quickly. Yeah. Um, no, I. Yeah, you drop maths, but actually, I, th- I don't. I don't know that that's a good thing. Cause I. You just. You know, I'd love to. I would like there to be slightly more general because you guys study, keep studying maths and everything till you're. Yeah, I think it, depending you on what you to. major in, in in college, you still there will be a certain level of math right. requirements, which and makes then, sense. I know it does, but yeah. I really didn't like math. 
Yeah. Uh, but I did like the sciences. Like I would, I, I, when I think about the, some of the, some of the things I wouldn't necessarily have chosen when I was 16, um, I'm glad that they were still required because yeah. a lot of the sort of geology and sciences and anatomy, stuff like that, I don't know that I would have made that choice. Yeah. And, uh, and I have very fond memories of that. If I could choose, I'm sure I would have just studied dance, theater, and you yeah. know, linguistics of some kind. I would have taken French as I did. I would have taken English, yeah. writing, anything like that that was kind of the language arts. Creative. Were you uh, studying not just the languages, but also did you get into the literature of those? Yeah. Uh, well, this because I mean, obviously, I, uh, hopefully, with English, because if you're just talking about yeah, how just English the language, works, that's really yeah quite math, dull. Math has an S on uh-huh. the end. Of it. <laughs> that's it for a term. Um, no, we, yeah, we yeah, it was all it was all literature based, and and then I, I did a degree in in German and Italian. So, oh went also, so it was so a do language you speak French, thing. German, Italian. I assume uh, you speak English. Surely, right? I haven't heard any well, from you yet, but. Um, that's my that's my weakest language. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, my uh, French, I find very hard. I, I, I even though I did it for A level, so I, I yeah, I speak German, French. Well, I speak German Italian fluently, but I um, I sound like a wow. I sound. Like, I mean, I speak German Italian fluently. Well, let's all just no. You get to enjoy <laughs> and celebrate that because that is a very lacking quality that. of American schools. Well, but why would you? Why would you like? From why would you need to do that? Like I Spanish, I get. Spanish, well, sure, I totally sure. get. But like you know, because I always think of it like this: but people, people, when people. Ooh, loads of Americans don't even have passports. Loads of Americans don't even have to speak other languages. It's like, well, but but America's a continent; it's not a country. Certainly, that's true. Yeah, certainly and, and that's true. There are a lot of there are a lot of generalizations made about America as if it's the same size yeah, as Denmark. Or, exactly. You know, oh, well, please. the Danish have really figured Sweden? out how to be you know politicians or whatever. You're like, but they have like five people. In they their have country five and They all look the same. They also they have, they have a very stringent uh, immigration policy, which is sort of bordering on. You did, oh you know, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, no. Great. Well, my friend who's Swedish is like all of I just. I just spoke about this recently. I can't remember if it's on the podcast or not, but like everyone on uh, the, uh, the, the idea of our politics being so quaint and charming to them because we are so conservative, like the most liberal among us in this country are so conservative in comparison yeah. with everyone who runs for parliament in parliament. Shit, is that right? What? Parliament? Yeah. Is that in Sweden, though? Yeah. Okay, good. Sounds right. Well, it sounds great. Sounds good. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was like every. I mean, I was there during elections, and the the propaganda out there for the different parties that were running for seats um, were so over the top liberal. Like they were like punk rock, all feminine lesbian. Like there was a group that was like all feminine lesbians. Like it was so amazing. Yeah. And he was like, just don't ask me about the immigration policies of any of those people because this, then you are further right than yeah, your right is right it's like well brilliant if we've got a tiny country where everyone pays really high taxes because everyone's in work because yeah. we just are a very insular nation yeah. that doesn't allow for any kind of <laughs> uh, variety yeah then uh and has never really been involved in any wars uh-huh. then brilliant it's go a different, for it yeah that's just a different conversation and of course those are ideals that we would love to all strive for but right. but but also I think it's great that, you know, the US and England, well, England less so maybe now, but for the most part have an open door immigration policy because that's almost the most liberal thing that you can do. Yeah, it is. That's a really, um, really good way of putting it. So, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I get so, I have funny, I, I get so annoyed with that. That Sweden and Denmark are like, why can't we be more like them guys? I hate that argument. Yeah. I really, it really annoys me. Yeah. Because you're not governing over, as you say, like a few million people yeah. who are all the same. Yeah. Even the conversation about Canada is a much more relevant, interesting conversation, but 
the the population size of you can look at Canada and America and go, oh, they're so you know they're America's not that much bigger than Canada, guys. But then you find out what the population of Canada is versus America, and you're like, uh oh, we're now Ooh. we're having a different conversation again. Yeah, what is a what tiny is amount the population? I can't remember exactly what it is, but I was just there over the summer and having a conversation with someone at university there, and they were like, oh yeah, we think that's hilarious when those comparisons get made on either side yeah. because there's like, and I'm going to why I wish I don't have an intern, so I can't say like will you look up the population of canada but it really is like a few million yeah you know in comparison you know what i mean it's like the size of this like the amount of people is like the size of a large state in america yeah i think i apologize guys if i'm wrong about that but whatever the number was i feel confident in saying it is vastly disparate from the amount of bodies in the united states you know but um but i also feel like that's a that's a conversation i feel like what that stands in for when it's criticized like most americans don't have a passport most americans don't speak language i think that that's sort of the bougie way of complaining about the larger problem which is this sort of lack of awareness or participation in anything other than american stuff if even that and i think that's that's where it's like i don't i don't care if someone hasn't had the opportunity the fiscal opportunity to travel um but i like the idea i feel like the opportunities i've had even just to study french or something like that like being given the gift of understanding the that language is different and the way it where it comes from is different and where things split off is interesting and how we're different and how we're the same i think those things are are you can participate in them in a richer way if mm-hmm. you're interested in studying the culture and language of another country whether or not you're going to end up using that by going to Italy and living for five years or not I think that I think there's something but it feels also like a luxury in some ways it's yeah. like okay let's not worry too much about that until we you know American kids are learning to read when they sh- when they should and being given the opportunities to you know actually be educated in any kind of real way I mean it's tricky but it's funny because there's so much within that which is that you know like i said you know america's a continent so if you're talking about britain and you know british people probably know more about france or been to france because it's literally like going to the next door state so it's it's not like a big deal and by the way plenty of brits have never left britain as well um we're an island it's very it's hard Mm -hmm. to get off it um (laughs) it's really not but it's but also you know so many americans have come from other places so there is already an intrinsic awareness the other places like you know italian immigrants and french immigrants spanish and that's Mexican. a great so point it's like, and it, that's a it, and that's a real that's oversight just, on my yeah, part well, saying i mean i should i mean i should be talking about you know the thai communities that are in you know los angeles the 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 samoan communities that come in yeah. the you know black communities that are black you know south african ivory coast like for sure there is a reason that we're called a cultural melting pot yeah. even if that just means a lot of the time that the melting pot is still like the ingredients don't necessarily necessarily always combine of course but i think there's I think a lot there's there. something in the fabric of america that you, there's just an, an intrinsic understanding that there is a world out there because everyone's no, come from that. but what that's i will say point. is that i also will not forgive is when a president has never been outside the country and that was it was george w bush did he was it not that he'd only ever been to mexico is that actually true i don't know if that's actually true or not i, I can't remember like was... beyond just thinking again that that was sta- that was a standing in for something i agreed with whether yeah. or not that fact was absolutely it would be true so great proven. if it was true and it would yeah. tie in with everything that i think about that man yeah, yeah um but certainly he is an example of probably someone who wasn't he was a, this is the thing you want your world leaders you want the leader of america to have an understanding of right. the world outside right. america so i'm not that bothered about i'm not that bothered about other people not sort of uh 
getting involved with that side of things as long as the guy who runs the country <laughs> is. Although I will say this news, I do find that's, I'm sure you've had this before from British guests that I do find the difference in news reporting here and, and in, in Britain quite um Yeah, that's different. long been true. There's, yeah. there's long been the observation that if you want the real news yeah. and you can get the BBC, BBC World News, check that out or check out Al Jazeera. Just know that you're not going to get the full story yeah. on anything that's going on, probably if you're looking only at American media. And, I yeah. don't, and even Canadian media is so much better too. They're much more, you know, kind of Well, they're basically scope. French, aren't they? <laughs> I'm sure people in BC would be like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> well, they're basically you? European, the Canadians, uh, yeah. uh, aren't they? Yeah. I've ever been. Just like the Australians are European. I'm sure they would like all you? love to hear that too, the Australians. Yeah. You guys are British. Listen, they all belong Come to on. us. They all belong to us <laughs> on some level. They still have to get a little stamp like on their, at least they're on their jackets. It oh, says property sure. of. Yeah. Come on. Great, great, great. We, can't, we have to keep track of everyone. Yeah. Um, I really gosh. do. Want, I do want to say quickly that. Well, okay. Let me ask you this too, because I could talk to you for a million hours, and it's shocking how long we've been talking already. <laughs> because I do need to get into this mash game, which I don't expect you to know what this is, but um, it will. It, it, I need a few more pieces of information about you, maybe beyond um, the uh, political feelings that we both seem to agree strenuously on, which is very exciting and enjoyable. Um, but let me ask you this, because I am enjoying this idea of you being the sort of hesitant, like the person who's drawn to the dark side, but is sort of kind of balancing in between because I think I had a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what were things that were important to you outside of your studies by the time you were 16, 17 years old? Were you really into music? Were you into smoking pot? You know, whether it was right or wrong or in or out of school? Well, I, I, I genuinely, this it makes me sound quite sad, like a sad child. I, because my parents had divorced quite early. Do you early. have siblings? I do. I, I have, yeah. I, well, growing up, I had um, my younger brother and then my mother remarried and I have another brother who's uh, about 14 years younger than me. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, because so, so I, yeah, I, I, there was a point where my brother and I were with my mum in, in, Lon- in London and my mum was working. So I'd, I'd walk my brother home from school. I think I was probably about 12 at the time. And... I, I remember getting on a bus. Did I leave him? Did I, did I just leave him in the house? That you know where weird. he is now, right? Yeah, he's he's now married with three children. <laughs> so you didn't just he's leave him three, somewhere and no, never no, be he's, seen again. He's now married with three. He's three years younger than me. I'm single, and he's married with three children. And so I do not understand the world. Um, no, he's a lovely boy. So rightly, well deserved. Yeah. Um, but no, I so I used to get on the bus. I was obsessed with reading and. Um, and uh films uh so i would get the bus on my own when i was 12 mm-hmm. uh and i <laughs> and my ritual would, would be I'd, I'd go to burger king and have like a kid's meal amazing um count out my pennies you, and... so you enjoyed the whopper junior yeah yes it would that's have been the junior. only hamburger i would eat. I would say <laughs> a real hamburger snob as a young person i was like uh, i don't want del- a mcdonald's hamburger that looks like someone sat on it before i eat it i need a giant robust juicy with maybe an onion i think there was a proper onion in i that. do and i think i ate that yeah, back in the day not so much with the raw onions now that's right <laughs> um, um I, and a I think snifter I it out. of cognac <laughs> yeah. i think i picked onions out not at 12 that was too much yeah. it was too much of a yeah 
But and then I would go to the library and I would get out oh every God. Nancy Drew book oh. or Sweet Valley High or yeah. Hardy Boys book yep, that yep, they yep. had. That was you know a what? Lot. Here's some uh, gender bent in uh, issues for me. I never read the Hardy Boys, but I did read all the Nancy Drew books. I never even thought to cross over, oh, but I didn't enjoy Encyclopedia Brown. Oh, bad feminist. Um, yeah. That's absolutely fine and acceptable. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I remember it was just that my mom still had all of her old Nancy Drew books. So I, that's what if I had If I'm being completely to. honest, I probably read like 70 Nancy Drew books and 70 Sweet Valley High books and about five sure. Hardy Boy books. You're like, I get that. I get what this is. Yeah. I still need they to find out more about Nancy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then I would go to, the, and then I would go, I'd pick up those books and then I'd go to the cinema by myself and I would watch, uh, I'd watch films and then I'd go that's home on the bus. So great. Um, those are all things are things that sound extremely familiar to me also there you go and it's cherishing that kind of time yeah. alone and that uh that autonomy but and did that continue even through high school did you still have that kind of relationship with reading and whether or not you were yeah. you know, burger kinging it but um yeah and seeing film things. oh no still every day Great. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it was a bit of a compulsion <laughs> yeah okay, I, I, I really love burger king i see um no i uh yeah i mean reading i yeah i i <laughs> how original i love i love reading um, <laughs> you'd be I surprised mean, yeah a lot of people especially at that age weren't necessarily well i think that. i think the whole I, I, and you probably have the same thing which is i think the whole desire or drive to go into this business we call show <laughs> I hate no myself. let's let that breathe let's just let that I hate l- let's let the stink of that <laughs> just breathe this place will never get clean <laughs> Um, I, so, you know, the being drawn to acting and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, I think it comes from just a place that, you know, when I was feeling not, not great or sad yeah. as a child, I would watch, just watch films in my yeah, room and absolutely. yeah. And then you, you, that world becomes so attractive and feels safe in a weird way mm-hmm. because you, you relate to it and it, it becomes your family. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have, I have a lovely but family, but yeah. Can, but I agree that if you can, if, if. Like, I have to believe that the idea of, I mean, as a young person, obviously, you may or may not be in touch with your feelings. You may or may not be more in touch with your feelings than you are as an adult or vice versa. But as a young person, you know, sitting in whatever's bothering you is not necessarily the thing you have to do to work through it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that might be something that's kind of imposed on us now where it's more frowned upon to sort of disappear into something, particularly if it's something that's harmful for you, but even just like the escapism of watching a lot of television or what have you, um, which we get to do and argue that we're doing it for research uh, for this business we call show. Yes. Um, But I think that's, I mean, if you have the gift and the ability to, and the privilege to be able to really disappear into, your imagination which includes the imagination of others as being shared with you via films via books whatever then why that's great yeah you know and if you become so used to that and so i mean because i do still feel like there is something to be said and maybe this is true for all forms of work for for people but there is something to be said for doing something that does allow you to kind of remove yourself from your own problems yeah. in, in, a, in a more literal way when you're acting or writing or sure. doing I, something like that. I don't yeah. know. No, for sure. And I think that, you know, I, I was quite, I was, I, I grew up quite quickly, I think as a child. So I felt like that world allowed me to, like I watched Disney, I, the films I would watch on repeat were like, I mean, Sound of Music, West Side Story, Star Wars and um, 
basically all Disney films. Uh-huh. So a particularly, so these were the, like sort of quite particularly child, not childish, but childlike and sort of. They was I don't know. They were just sort of comforting those mm-hmm. films. Um, um, I had a, a thought which I'm not going to. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know they were just quite comforting, and so I um I that world became comforting and 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 sort of I still have a so I, I feel like I'm a child I've sort of reversed myself so I feel like I get to be a child now by being in this world mm-hmm. um like the other day we uh, I filmed an episode of Doctor Who with with this set an alien set with like alien pods and great. and it, I, I felt like I was in Indiana Jones it was like that kind of like slightly polis you know I don't know what you call polystyrene, but the, you know, where the walls are made of mm-hmm. like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The first so it looked one, like fake rock. It looked like ever, fake rock. Yeah. It was like mm-hmm. fake rock. It was exactly like the, that that scene in Indiana Jones when the ball comes rolling behind him. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was, I, I just couldn't believe that on my job as an adult allows me to be on a film set of the kind of shows that you would I watch when you're little. More. It's, it's amazing. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like that extends out for me to. <clears throat> anything that's sort of world building in that way, which is funny because I don't really watch, I mean, I don't play video games really, even though that's a great way to kind of immerse yourself in that in a more participative way, but going to a place like Disneyland versus going to just an amusement park with roller coasters. Like I have zero interest in the thrill rides without like, I need like a plot like, okay, but what's going on? Are we on a runaway mine car or is this a spaceship? What's happening? What are the stakes? And, and anything that does that where you walk in and you feel like, Oh, I'm not in the, you know, I'm somewhere else. And it can even be just a beautiful park where suddenly you kind of don't hear the sounds of the city. Anything like that that's just immersive in that way is so so appealing. Yeah. What is your favorite Disney ride, Disneyland ride? Oh, God. Um, I mean, that's tough because there are different reasons for different rides. But I, it's still hard to beat Pirates of the Caribbean because sure. it is the most yeah. immersive, immersive, right? You are agree. down there. The sky is above you. You, you are breeze, outside. Like you feel the breeze. There breeze. are cannons going it's off. Insane. Although I will say it's slightly looking the worst for, the, for wear if you've seen it recently. I it's have. like, come on, guys. A lick of paint, something. <laughs> Fix the holes in the ceiling, the ceiling at least. Uh, the ceiling is the hardest. The ceiling, I almost have to sort of hold my hand over my eyes because I it have zero, I had zero understanding that that wasn't outdoors when I was little. I was 100% yeah. sure you were outside under the stars. Oh, so magical. You know? Yeah. So anything like that that can sort of push push you into that they place should. i also like the, is this or maybe this isn't disney world the et ride uh, that's not in that must be disney world because i think have, it's and disney I've world been to disney that world. is insane like because you are on much. a bicycle and you are flying in the same way that you are flying over a city so you're, you're in the nice hair yeah and below you are these twinkling little lights well that's what the peter pan ride i think that's, is that oh, there's that's one room and no i think the et thing is i know that's well, that too yeah. but that's the best part about peter pan is the rest of it is sort of like oh Okay, yeah. but just this these two rooms where you're flying over London yeah, and it. then you're flying over, I guess, the beginning of Never Never, Never Land yeah. where you're seeing things from a great distance. It is so great. That is so, I mean, it's magic. It's that. magic. Because you're also flying, which is another childhood thing that you're like, yeah. maybe one day. Yeah. And that's that's what Disney are very they come on. I know, they really do. Yeah. They're have to. You have to give them that. I don't yeah. care what else. Did you, uh, uh, I do want to ask this. Did you have boyfriends when you were in? As a child? Yeah. Uh, no, I was really, I was really slow. I was scared of boys. Mm-hmm. I, I was like literally the last girl in my class to even kiss a boy. 
And then I made up for it by kissing two in one night. <laughs> like, fuck you, everybody. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got some catching Jumping up to do. Um, yeah. So I was 15 before I had my first kiss, which is quite late, I feel. I guess so. I don't know. Oh. That's another thing this podcast has taught me is there's there there are so... There's a very wide range because mm. I've talked to people who didn't kiss anyone until 18, till 19. Then when you get then and then you start getting into um, people who are gay now who were very advanced heterosexually. Oh, really? When they were younger, before they kind of realized or who didn't touch anyone at all because they knew that they didn't want to touch the person that people said they should want to touch, right. who then much, much, much later finally had their first kiss, you know? It's so, it just completely varies. It really does. It's a movable feast. It's a, <laughs> it's a movable it's a feast. It's a movable feast. Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't, I mean, I was interested in boys, but I didn't know how to deal with that. Do you think that you had a... Uh, I don't know if I've ever asked this or thought quite this way before, but do you think that because your imagination was very vivid and because you were reading so much and watching films, did you, did you put, do you feel like there's more pressure on what an experience should be like because of this sort of, well, this is what it's like in the movies or this is what it, it's supposed to feel like. I wonder, do you mean a life experience? Things like, yeah, like, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Like this is supposed to be, this should be more precious and important than maybe someone else would allow themselves to feel think that's a very interesting point and i'm not saying i know that one way or the other but i wonder that sometimes yeah about stuff well, like I, that. I mean i actually i don't think i've ever thought about it like that before and that and there's maybe actually some truth in that which is that yeah maybe in terms of relationships i'm sure i go well this is the perfect thing that should be and that exists that i have seen in films right and read about in novels mm. um i do think i do think about that a lot that the, the world these this world we create that mirrors this, this mirrors what relationships should be. Yeah, is very harmful. Yeah, because as we all know, that's not that's not the reality of it. And well, and frustratingly, when I think about the models, because when I was in high school, I became fascinated by Margaret Atwood, and she is a genius at. Uh, deconstructing and destroying marriages and relationships that once were magical. And so, but those are my two options. Like I don't, I, when I think about it, there wasn't a whole lot of in between where it's like, you have a lasting love that can start out this and develop into this. And then it gets hard. And then you work through it. Like I never, I don't remember ever having really that example as much as I had. It's either all thunder and lightning and amazing. And yeah. they lived happily ever after before you have to see anything that happens. Or it's something like that, which feels so pessimistic that it's, like yeah remember how we all thought this was real it's never yeah, real yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? yeah. it's like oh those are my huh We're okay all, you're all going to cheat on each other that's and right eventually die that's right yeah i think i mean i, I will add to that that my 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 i mean both my mom and my dad married four times each so there's definitely an element of that as yeah. in as in and weirdly what's what's funny about that is my i was talking to my mom about this the other day she was i think what i'm saying sorry that i think that's also informed my view of relationships not just you know this um experience it's got to be this total experience yeah but my mom i was talking about this the other day and sort of thought it was she was getting married all the time because she was i don't know somehow just not very good at it yeah and she was like no no the, she said the thing is i always she said i'm actually i'm a romantic i'm the biggest romantic there is every single time i thought it would work mm. and then when it didn't that I always didn't wonder put me about off that. and I, I would do it again. Yeah. So it's actually always because wonder about she that. loves it. She loves love and yeah. she's a romantic. I was like, wow, that's wow. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, but, but, uh, so I think I've always, yeah, I've grown up with a healthy sense of the, 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 the films aren't necessarily what the reality is. Yeah. 
um i almost feel i've almost feel more sorry for people who've got very parents who are still together and have this amazing relationship because they are they often struggle yeah i find that's w- true they sort of go oh my god I, how can i possibly live up to that? i know it can be you can go in so there's a movable feast uh <laughs> you can go feast. in so many different directions in that way you're absolutely right this idea of like oh well you can see that you know children whose parents divorce always end up this way and children whose parents stay forever always end up this way i think that's absolutely you're right there's so much contextually that happens in your life and in your development as a person that those things can inform you yeah. the exact same circumstance on paper could inform you to become someone totally different um, or not inform you at all. And five other yeah. things have a huge impact on, you know, what your, what your relationships are like as you get older. And let's face it. Like if someone, if you were like, if a guy, if you actually had a, a, a sort of romantic encounter, uh, obviously you're in a relationship right now uh, with a lovely gentleman who was next door. Uh, listen, anything can happen at any time. Anything can happen at any time. Um, but you know, if some guy acted like some the guy from The Notebook, I think I would freak the F out and yeah. I would run a mile. Uh-huh. Um, so it's that funny, I like, I much prefer more realistic portrayals of relationships and there's so few of them. Well, back to the feminism thing. This I'm now all over the place. Uh, I don't Fine. want anything but all over the place. Good. I'm not interested in anything well, but that. Here, here it comes. Um, I watched Spectre the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that the relationship, the central relationship with that. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, did your really good friend make it? You've no, gone, you've no, gone no, quiet. No, no, no. I, listen, you're going to be hard. Pre- like, this is what you just said. I'm going in the context of feminism. I'm going to talk about James sure. Bond. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you're in very yeah, safe we're fine. Territory. We're fine. Hey guys, this is an original thought that I don't think anyone's had before. Um, hold on to your, hold on to your hats. Um, um, so, like the relationship in that, this sort of primal relationship of the strong man and the and the and the and the woman uh, and the woman, just the woman, right? Um, he was kind of a bit feisty, but not for very long. Uh-huh. Um, and then we're just like, I really love you. I want to be with you forever. <laughs> right, right, um, right. Our little French actress. Yeah. Lovely. Who, 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 Blue's Woman's Colour is one of the most amazing films I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, it really is. I, it was insane. It really is. Um, so, so, yeah, to watch, again, like I say, I'm going on a tangent, because then to watch a relationship like that feels so old-fashioned now. Yeah. And it doesn't feel, and I think that's sort of how I feel in my personal life. Like, I couldn't have a relationship where the man is... No that and i'm where the man is james bond <laughs> where the man is a spy i'm not her majesty's secret all. service at all um, <laughs> um, but, um but, but but yeah it feels we, i was talking about this with a male friend and he was like you know they just don't make good james bond films anymore it's like because they feel so out of place right to me anyway I'm yeah sure and not i don't know what that means because i don't know what if if i mean if his if his characterization of a good James Bond film is pussy galore, I don't know how, I don't know what that conversation is for me anymore. Yeah. Because then we're talking about like, oh, we're just talking about like how kitschy that always was and how, you know, completely overtly sexist it was. Whereas now they're trying to sort of ease into this idea of, you know, this the women being kind of equal or sassy bit, or, yeah. But eventually... They kind of save him to a little somehow-ish. But yeah. Yeah, it's a weird... I'm, I don't envy... I mean, 
they're fine. Everyone is doing uh, just fine in that world. But I'm glad it's not my job to hang on to the tradition of what makes, what people expect from a James Bond movie and bring in elements of today and try to somehow balance that so that more people are like, no, this feels relevant, like you said. Well, it becomes then a completely different character and Mm -hmm. a completely different film, like like the Bourne films, I guess, which Mm -hmm. everyone loved and I loved I'm trying to remember them now. It's a while ago. But I, I love anything that Matt Damon is in. Yeah, he's I great. can watch him all day long. I can too. I think he's, he's just he's wonderful. He's got a goodness about him. He does. Think? Do you know what I mean? He does. And I like, but I also like him. I mean, like the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, I just think that movie up. is. Love it. So good. I, I wish there were more talented Mr. Yeah. That's the kind of movie where it, that it would be an example where I'm like, I'm in the mood to watch the talented Mr. Ripley for the first time. So I don't want to watch that movie because I've seen it too much now. Give me something else. What is? What else is that? Yeah. What, what other films are there that are that? And they're, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. That, that film, everyone in that film is at the top of their game. Oh, top of their game. That was the first time I saw oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Game. And I was like, oh, he's so who good. the hell yeah. is that guy? Oh, he is God. amazing. So Because good. he was so dangerous. Like he was very he was really easily dangerous. Also, you're watching, that is the quintessential, like here is a person who is an anti-hero that I am rooting for till yeah. the end. Yeah. Even though he's doing ghastly things which aren't justified. Yeah. You know? And and so Philip Seymour Hoffman actually is on the right side. That's the right. Side. He's the guy but that's trying to find out where, what happens to his friend. D- but he's a dick. He's a dick. So you're like, I'm ready for him to die. And Kate Blanchett in that. I just remembered oh, her as well. God, she's, she's so, so brilliant. Flawless. Yeah. She's great. She's actually flawless, I think. She is actually flawless. Um, I I love that film. I want to see it again now. See? Yeah. Oh, you and I are fast friends. That is what has happened this on this working. podcast. This I got to do this mash game or I could just... Okay, cool, cool. This. Let's this do it. like a three hour... I okay. don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm up for it. I'm so, ready. So, uh, uh, here, uh, young people have been known to, and I don't even... They do still do it. I know that they still do it because my uh, trusty listeners have informed me that this is still a thing. But um, mash... The mash game is mash stands for mansion, apartment, shack, and house. And uh, as a young person, you're sort of given these lists of and I apologize to those of you who know this game and are tired of me explaining it but this is like I'm going to give you categories and you're going to give me three things that are sort of ideal for you in those categories and then I do this dumb thing where at the end you've ended up with one from each category and that's sort of your future that's going to be me saying like this is what you have in store for you all of these things okay okay yeah but but the traditional match game is a little more grounded and as much as it ever could be I like to get a little fanciful with this based on some things that I found out about you oh so for example I'm going to start out with three uh beloved films are in fact real they're real worlds that you can dive into at your leisure, stay in for as long as you like, interact with those characters. It's not like you're going in and you're being one of the daughters in Sound of Music. You just get to be in there and get it all over you as yourself and hang out with those characters. So three films. Oh, three films. Um, okay, here we go. That I would like to immerse myself in. Yes. Um, I would like to be in uh, Disney's Aladdin. Wonderful. I would sing. I would sing with them. I'd sing with them all day. <laughs> um, I would like to be. Um, I'd like to be in. Oh man, this is really. I don't know why this is. Oh, I'm so indecisive as well. I'm. We'll be here for okay, another two hours. This is a hours. good improv exercise because um, it does sort of coax out an answer that uh, you have to give yourself permission in two hours to be like, oh, I should have said. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine, right? Um, so, and let's also say, um, let's say Titanic because. 
I just love that movie. I know. Why would I want to be in that world? Before the boat sank. Before the boat sank. Accidentally watched that movie again. Number one, uh, and I was just talking about this at a panel at a con. Number one, I it's very begrudging process for me because I don't think it's a fine film. Oh no. I certainly shouldn't have won an Oscar. But I get so sucked into that movie pretty much like I do with every James Cameron movie, maybe with the exception of Avatar. I don't have any interest in ever seeing for a second time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw it because time. I saw yeah, it in yeah, 3D yeah, yeah. and my glasses yeah. were greasy and I just remember thinking, I'm ready for this to be over. But pretty much every other James Cameron movie, whether it's Terminator or uh, The Abyss or, you know, Titanic or Aliens, I can't, I if it's on, I'm just like suddenly sucked in. Yeah. And that happened fairly recently with Titanic. And I was like, I don't want to be watching this movie. I'm not going to watch this. And then I was watching it so avidly. And then it got towards the end. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to finish this because I know what happens. I would know what happened even if I hadn't seen the movie. Yeah. And I will be a wreck. Yeah. Um, Because anything like that, that's, I don't even care if it's that well executed. If it's based on something real that happened where people were feeling that kind of terror and despair, I will lose my shit. And that's exactly what I did. And then I was angry. I was like, why did I do this? I'm so upset. And then I was walking around going, it is so cheesy. But the fact that Ass Jack is drowning, he says, I'm still, I would never take that ticket back. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. I uh, oh, I feel no. your pain. I'm oh. I'm a I'm a weeper. And the fam the, oh, the old God. man and the old woman oh, in the cabin and he's Why spooning her up? as the water. Why fell. would you bring that? Up? <gasps> Can I just say right? So I've now changed my mind completely. I do not want. To, I don't. I mean, I really do not want to be in that world. Instead, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. Why would I want to be in the Titanic? It's ridiculous. Um, instead, I'm going to go with an '80s film because I love yeah, the '80s love and it. I want to be part of that world yes. in some way. So let's go with cocktail. Great. Oh, great, 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 um, I'll be great, on the great, beach great, with Tom Cruise and hanging great, out. Great, great, great. And then finally, I'm going to say um, Dirty Dancing, just because I think I probably always wanted to be in that film God, and dancing so dirtily. <laughs> with, um, not necessarily with Patrick Swayze, but just one of the other guys. Yeah. One of the guys in the crew. Yeah. There were some hot guys in there. there. There was a lot. There was a lot of great stuff going on there. I think that I 50s. always felt like um, such a non-girl in the way that Jennifer... Uh, gray seemed like a girl that i more imagined myself as a patrick swayze like lifting her up in the air because i was for sure not going to be the one in the air so i was like that's cool i can be like the one who's holding her waist and all balance her in the air okay but i really i did love that movie and i certainly it's a world it's a world it's a a a great world absolutely i mean there's a million other films but i'm gonna stop now no i'm very very pleased with their choices yeah Uh, and i'm gonna do the same thing with books uh, books that I would like to be in. Mm-hmm. Definitely some kind of Austin. Yeah, uh, right there. Um, I know, maybe like a a, a Bronte, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go with... We're going to go with um, Pride and Prejudice because that's like... Yeah. Such a lovely... It's not too dark. And there's just lots of romance and it's love. Yeah. And it's lovely. Do you... Well, uh, uh, the, I don't tend to geek out on a lot of people, but mm-hmm. my podcast listeners janitors if they've as they've dubbed themselves with my support uh know that i it, it troubles me deeply that i'm not friends with emma thompson um, oh my god she's oh my god she makes i cry, I cry just looking at her i know i've got a picture you with kind her. of remind me of her though oh my god i know it's really true guys upset. i know those of you listening to this are oh thinking the same thing and if you could see her god. there's just the same sort of like no it's there i'm gonna 
crying. No, it's for real. Guys. It's a real thing. She on- and also you have the same kind of background. Like you can do theatrical, but you've done sketch. You've you know don't, don't even worry about it <laughs> <laughs> do all of that but but, there, but her is, journal i can i'll talk oh. about it till the cows come home her journal about her adaptation and her process of, fi- of writing and filming that. i'm gonna send that to you for oh Christmas. my god that's exactly i i would love to read that you are gonna be like yeah oh the three of us just need to be sitting drinking wine and eating grapes <laughs> Laughing about whatever she, what I've I've heard, all I've heard about that woman is no, she is the it's kindest, all, no, it's all flawless. most wonderful. When I was sixteen, true story. When I was sixteen, it's not a great story, so why wouldn't it be true? <laughs> um, <laughs> just to qualify that, and um, when I was sixteen, I, I I used to be obsessed with Kenneth Branagh. I yeah. still am. Yeah, I one of my that. friends knows him. And I hear she, that, but when it didn't work out between them, I immediately started getting judgy about him. And that was a, by the way, very long time ago. Um, it was like thirty years ago or something. I know we still we still haven't moved on from I that. I haven't. And really. I totally get it. But he, I, I was obsessed with him. So he was playing Hamlet at mm. the in the Royal Shakespeare Company in Stratford upon Avon. Mm-hmm. And I went to see him when I was sixteen years old. And I had some food with my mum beforehand. And I looked over and it was Emma Thompson at the table next to me. And I, I was like, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got to. When you're 16, you're annoying and you will go up to someone and say, can I have your, can I have your photograph, <laughs> right, right, which I would right. never do now. Right. Um, she had no makeup on. I remember she had her hair scraped back. She, she was wearing like a, a jumper with holes. Table. And she was eating a kale salad. <laughs> um, a flawlessly beautiful with no makeup. Um, and um, she was so lovely to me. And what's a shame about that? We showed, and she said, of course, of course you can take my photo. So she did. And then Please tell me you can find that photo. Oh, I have that photo it. and it's framed. I don't but know why. I, this is when you were 16. So this is pertinent. I was when I was 16. But I, we both, not that, it's, not that it matters, look not great in it. Right. I look particularly bad. So I now can't hang it anywhere because, <laughs> because I look so awful in it. I'd but, love to. Here's my solution for that. I'd love to have you hang it and then just put a veil over it. <laughs> the way the way a woman who's at a funeral uh, or a wedding or just <laughs> just gauze it up a little just bit like, so there's the faint in a representation dark room with just candle votives <laughs> around right. the just so that you can't really that's get right. the full that's right harsh lighting yeah. um that's the only way that I would let anyone see that photograph. Okay, fair. But yeah, she was amazing and everything you ho- would hope that she would Maybe be. Maybe you can send me the picture so I can put it on Facebook, but cut out your faces so you everyone has to trust <laughs> that it's the two of you because all we're seeing is like hands. <laughs> or just or put like, in different pictures, cut out faces from other pictures that are better. <laughs> there you go. And stick those back in. There you go. Um, because technically your... you did, it was a photo of you and Emma, so you're not even really lying. So it's fine. And yeah. um, what's your favorite Emma Thompson film, would you say? Fuck, I know, I mean, see, now I'm going to make you do that. I know, it's tough. I do, I do love Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Um, That's really beautiful. God, I'm trying to think of something. I'm going to throw in Much yeah, yeah, to Do About do. Nothing. Oh, absolutely. That film, I watched it like a million times. Absolutely. I, that's a world I definitely wanted to be in. Absolutely. Just like jaunting about wearing white oh, corsets. Yeah. And that was a very fun movie. Drinking I haven't seen wine. that in such a long time. I think the first time I saw it, I was so petulant about Keanu Reeves being in it that oh I was my like, God. I'm done with this. Braccio. I'll never see this again. He literally it's, says that at some point. Yeah, it was a weird it was not great. choice. But their, their Ken dynamic. Ken and M before the breakup. Their dynamic was quite Flawless. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I love her in Impromptu. She's playing a absurd character. I mean, it's not even her movie. It's it's really uh, Judy Davis and Hugh Grant's movie. But that's the story of George really? Sand and Chopin. He plays Chopin. He plays I, a very oh, this is old, like really old tuberculosis. I think I have seen that. Yeah. Um, she plays this sort of like <clears throat> benefactress in the country who's just like 
she it's a sketch character is what she's doing she's right. just doing this wonderful sketch yeah. character which is great but anything where she's you know what i loved was did you see the song of lunch no it was just this little it's like a one hour yeah. i think it was on hbo it's her and alan rickman Oh. And they play they play exes who meet for lunch. Watch, I can just listen to him. Read you the are going to lose I, your mind when yeah. you see this because the two of them there. He it's from it's from his perspective, and he's not a very pleasant person. Um, and so we see her through his eyes and sort of see him be angry with her because he still loves her and then be tender because he still loves her and Mm. oh it's just so well done the song of lunch yeah you'll love it it's her at her best because it really is literally just the two of them at a cafe table it's all about the two of them it's mostly either a close-up of his face or a close-up of her face the entire time so as soon as i get home i'm looking up chris gear yeah, Chris Gear and yeah, he's a song great. for lunch. Song, the song of lunch. The song I of think, lunch for some reason. I'm, and I'm looking yeah, at that yeah. as well. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so, Pride and Prejudice. Like, give me two more. Oh books. yeah, sorry. Uh, Pride and Prejudice. Um, I would also the world's world's world. Dickens. I'm going to Dickens because sure. he's my favorite. Sure. Uh, so we'll go David Copperfield because that's my favorite. Great. Um, and then finally, maybe something slightly more modern, or just uh, the Bible. <laughs> I just, uh, listeners, I just gave <laughs> Janet a, a raised eyebrow. Um, I would say, oh, Shakespeare has got to be something like much to do about nothing. Well, let's go with that. <laughs> just went more modern. Oh, I made no. a joke and went backwards. And oh, then no. you actually went <laughs> almost as bad. I know. That's, I love it. That's, that's yeah. Do. I don't think I read books after like 1850. I, I don't have, <laughs> yeah. Very specific snob. Yeah. It's, it's okay. It's really okay. <sighs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now I'm going to go with three uh, paramours in this alternate universe of any age. It could even be a character who's not real, um, but three people. It could either be um, with each one. It doesn't matter. It could be like I pick this person because I would want him to be my forever husband. Yeah. I pick this woman because I would want her to be my lover if I were gay. Or I would pick this guy to sleep with once. Okay. Okay. Well, right, right off the bat, we're gonna go with Matt Damon. Great. As I've said before, um, sounds like Kenneth Branagh's making an appearance in here too. I don't know who Kenneth Branagh. Oh, yeah. Are you past it? Not that I'm past it. I admire his work hugely. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to go, you know, get intimate. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I do. I mean, I fancy him. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I just, <laughs> I'm slightly mortified. Okay, well, but anyway. I'm not saying like him today. I'm um, saying like, you know, oh, you, my, you My 16-year-old self, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, well, let's go. Okay, so, uh, what did I say? Matt Damon. And also, love a bit of Trudeau. Oh, okay. Great. Right? I just looked him up. That's a no. Are you I not? I did not spell that right. Oh, I got but it. he's like I got it. He seems like a new age man who's all into the sexy yeah. fem- feminist, sexy feminist, sexy feminism. Sure. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying. Well, he is a sexy feminist. Uh, is that all right for me to say that? I think I'm never sure. I think it's fine. If it's okay for women to say my guys are sexy, but then I get outraged when men right. do the same thing. Right. That's fine. That's my prerogative. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I think we're going to go with some kind of some kind of very impressive. Barack Obama. I'm going to go with Obama. I'm going to go with Obama. Just off the top there. of my head. Let's get him that right guy in there. is the coolest. He's pretty fun. goddamn guy. He's pretty cool. I wish he was our prime minister. But anyway, Karim. Yes. Three skills that you wake up with tomorrow. I'm going to give you the freedom to have them be practical or completely magical skills. Um, flying for sure. Great. I mean, that's a staple. That's Great. obvious. Um, skill. Other skill. I would like to. I would like to be able to always say the right thing to make people agree with me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, as in, sometimes I think there is an, I always think this, I think there's an argument. If I could formulate an argument in such a perfect way mm-hmm. that everyone goes, oh my God, you're right. World yeah. peace is attainable. Yes. 
feminism or you know uh, racism is awful yeah oh my god i can't believe we didn't see that before yeah so that i just find the exact right yeah. phrase yeah for everybody to put that like um, a universal language of it's almost like the ultimate diplomacy in a way yeah but like if you that doesn't you sound sexy for ill uh how about lang- ma- language skills <laughs> language skills <laughs> okay. with a z okay great uh great, skills great. um got it Done. uh and then so flying and i would like to be i'd like to I think ultimately I'd like to be a fairy. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I don't know where that's come from. I don't from. know what that encompasses. I Pixie don't know. Does. I think I think magic. I mean, it just means having a wand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, having a wand, mm-hmm. and being able to basically do anything. Great. I always wanted to. I loved Tinkerbell as a kid. Yeah. Um, I know that it's awful, isn't it? Because I, I shouldn't respond to pictures of fairies with little pink dresses and wings, and but I, I did. I definitely did. But that's. But then that goes that's down the okay. road of isn't is if that's honest and yeah. that's only part of who you are, then yeah. isn't that more feminist than saying I'm not Pretending. allowed to? You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. It's all very confusing. exactly. Uh, okay, next category will be uh, three foods that in this realm uh, are not just good for you. But they're the foods that you absolutely are not good for you here, but. This you can have at the snap of a finger, whenever you want, as specific or as general as you like, um, without any physical ramifications. Basically, all American food. So, uh, uh, pizza, great uh, number one. Whenever I'm hungover, that's my go-to. Yeah, uh, bread and fat. Basically, it's bread mm-hmm. and cheese. Um, then we would go. We'd go. We go a breakfast, an American breakfast. Oh, I want pancakes. Great. I want bacon. Great. I want sausage. I want eggs. I want all of it. I want. I want French toast. I want waffles. Great. All of it. We need to get you to a breakfast buffet. At the same time. Well, no, because in the real world, I don't. I only eat like quinoa and um, <laughs> soya and tofu. For, so that you can just go oh, and feel yeah. remorseless. I need, to, I, need to, I need to build those up. And then finally, um, I would go with just a lot of cake. Mm, great. My flatmate bakes very, very beautifully and it's a real problem. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's a problem. She oh, makes her own caramel for the oh, car- for caramel for the banuffy pie that she makes. Oh God, she that's makes, amazing. I know. It's sitting in my fridge right now. When I get home, I shall be, I'll be drinking it that's from the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now hungry after talking that about that That is very difficult. That it's is difficult. a difficult proposition there. <laughs> um, okay, let's do uh, vacation homes uh, anywhere in the world, three, and you don't have to like hike to get there. It's sort of a snap yeah. of a finger and you're there. Um, Italy for sure, because I lived in Rome for a year and I think Italy is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Sure I love it. it. Um, cliche, but, but it just is. Um, and I, I could happily, uh, New Orleans is one of my favorite mm, cities, which I discovered recently, town, which absolutely. I discovered. I discovered uh-huh. it. <laughs> you did it. Guys, it's a little, Guys, gra- listen a great up. city. S- listen up. New There's Orleans. a real piece of information here that you should take <laughs> yeah. away with. You should get yourselves over there. Seriously. <laughs> um, love New Orleans. And, and, uh, Oh, somewhere more interesting now. Come on. Not that New Orleans isn't interesting. I just mean, somewhere maybe not first world. I always go first world places. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I would then say... Also, by the way, let me say, as I get older, my interest in being unique versus being able to acknowledge if something empirically feels true, like Italy is beautiful. Yeah. I'm so much I'm so much less attached it's to like, fine. I'm going to say blank because yeah. even though it's Papua, not as nice as Italy and Papua we all know it. New Guinea. That's right. Um, yeah. If and you I don't have an never... emotional attachment to it, then, you know. That, well, well this is a, 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 just a very quick side note, which is that I, and I, and I'm not proud of it, is that because I speak certain languages, I now find it very hard to go to countries where I don't 
don't speak the language because I find I feel it, exactly I get really way. annoyed with I myself. I feel exactly the same way. It was yeah. fr- because the, the romance languages too. Like I speak French, so going to Italy felt like I could do a week of listening to audio tapes and go, I get this. Like I can sort of conjugate the same way, yeah. or you can you can muddle through. But being someplace where the language is so different, like Jap, like being not yeah. being able to speak Japanese, I was so embarrassed yeah. in a way that no one needed me to be. And uncomfortable, like angry at myself that yeah. I had to look for the English translation of stuff. Like, give uh, yourself a break. But I, I do feel that. But it's also a lack of control because I, I, I did some filming in Bulgaria before I came here, and it's Cyrillic alphabet. And I was like, I lost. Forget I was completely it. lost, yeah. and I just, I didn't like it. Yeah, I understand. It wasn't just that I was embarrassed. I was like, I, I actually feel out mm-hmm. of, I don't like not not being able to literally know where what a restaurant. Uh, I think is. that's I, that makes perfect sense. Um, but um, but beyond that yes. um, I'm going to go do you know what I'm going to go um, Austria in the mountains mm-hmm. yeah, in the summer the sound of music in well, there. basically go, that's it. yeah that's yeah. exactly what it is I just realised the Alps in general oh, I'm in on. I'm come in on. being cradled by so, a mountain range the air is unbelievable where you feel like yeah you're, so everything's fresh. clean and crisp and like you could just drink the lake water and you literally hear cowbells everywhere you it's true like you actually do hear cowbells me. yeah I'm in okay uh, next category will be Okay. Um uh f- fictional Let's say fictional. Let's say fictional mentor from any time, any place. Could again, not a fictional character, but like somebody who would be your mentor. Okay. It certainly could be. Um Catherine Hepburn. Great. Straight off the bat for reasons that are very obvious. Um Oh, there was a female spy. No called Zabo and yeah. I'm trying to remember her first name I think it was Victoria and she was like the only I've got to get this right anyway she was she was she wanted to be a spy I think for the British government I'm so sorry if this is wrong everyone um, and they were like no you can't you're a woman and she's like I'm, well, I'm doing it and so they were like okay and so they dropped her behind enemy lines and she was amazing I think oh, wow. she yeah I need to look her up more but but she was incredible just like how, what even that is that you would put yourself in, yeah, yeah, in harm's yeah. way as a woman knowing that it was all men doing the job. I think no that's kidding. incredible. Um, also mentor, uh, last one would be, um, oh my God, just think of something Ingrid. I feel like I'm taking really long over it's this. It's really okay. Um, oh, I've had a lot more drag outs. Emma Thompson. That. Great. Obviously. She know, you know that she would just give you the oh most upfront humor. She'd find a way to turn everything into something that you could still chuckle over. And she is a mental, I think, to humble. a lot of people. She, oh, she just gives. She gives people. She, I know. God damn that. You know what? That's okay. I don't need to be my mentor because she's going to become our friend. We're going and to be. And I will have to erase from the face of the earth every podcast else. in which I've geeked out on her because I have crossed over into the creepy Instead I would of tell just her. keeping it I to would myself. Tell her because I'd be trying to get her for my friend. And I'd be like, no, because yeah. Janet's obsessed with you, but yeah. I'm not. And then, yeah, I totally, that mean girl in me from when I was 14 would yeah. come back. It's like, she's my friend. It's fair. It's fair. We could all be friends. We could be family. It. I feel like that would be a lovely thing. I do too. You, me and Emma hanging out. God damn it, I'm so into it. <laughs> all right. Last one will be, um, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, uh, three, let's do three businesses that are sort of these uh this alternate universe kind of side business that you have founded it's not that you're necessarily in for the daily grind of it but um you know it's like oh i opened this restaurant or oh i created this fund for such and such or oh i have a knitting school 
Maybe not the last one. <laughs> you know how you always wanted to open a knitting school? Life goals that right there. <laughs> oh my gosh, like you reach inside my mind. Um, I would have a I would have a cat cafe. Oh, wait, uh, what does that mean? So in in London, one's opened up. I think it's a Japanese thing. It sounds like a Japanese thing. It, you can it, go in. I, yeah, I gear, that's the 100%. only thing I would have guessed. 100%. Without any more information. Um, And yeah, it's basically a cafe where people come and straight cats and kittens. Because I had a cat, I had to give it away. Um, I don't want to talk about it, but let's just say that I have, there is a void in my life right now. So I'm going to, I probably ate one of those. Um, And then I would like, um, I would like to, I would like to, well, just any kind of business, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm going to slogan tea. I'm going to make slogan teas. I always think if, if, it's all, if all the acting thing goes tits up, I'm going to... Because I, I think I'd be really good at it. I like a slogan t-shirt. Okay, great. Um, but there aren't many good ones apart from things that say, I like unicorns. And you're like, oh, fuck off. Right. Um, so I do something <laughs> be- be- better than that. Uh, um, and then finally... Um, some kind of just like maybe like a spa in the Caribbean and I probably oh, have to spend sure. a lot of time on that time there sure. sort of in a hands-on capacity that's right that's right just to make sure everything was that's beautiful running okay uh now this it doesn't really matter if you know what I'm doing in fact it's better if you don't but okay. just tell me when to stop stop okay uh I'm gonna pause this do a little very light calculating <laughs> and come back with your 100% guaranteed and- mash future uh, I think you're going to be pleased. I, In fact, I'm positive you're going to be pleased. Um, the band-aid I have to rip off right away is that, as you know, mansion, apartment, shack, and house are things I can't control. Okay, That's sure. just what the numbers prove. Uh, you did end up with a shack, but that shack is in New Orleans. Oh, oh that's awesome. You don't want something ostentatious in New no, Orleans. No, that's perfect. You know actually. what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, so that's so that happened, but I'm very pleased that it's in New Orleans. Uh, I'm also feeling very positive about uh, you stepping outside of your shack uh, to head into your cat cafe. My cat cafe. Just to check in oh on my. everybody. Make sure there's a lot of love being distributed to in those New kitties. Orleans. In New yeah. Orleans. Wonderful. Uh, if you want to get out of that world for, for temporarily, I welcome you to fly Anywhere else you want because you have the gift of flying. Uh, you also can, if you don't want to go anywhere in uh, the United States or world at large, you can dive into cocktail. I can dive into Just cocktail. The be film. in that movie. Oh my God. That, well, that would be me for the rest watching, of my life. Watching I'm, some fancy, I was going to say footwork, but I guess it's handwork with, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there, or uh, if, you need, if you need to get into some more serious culture, uh, you can also dive into David Copperfield. Those are two very Ooh, disparate but places I that just, you can get both. I'd also forgotten Oops. that I said the book David Copperfield, and then I just yeah. had an image of me diving into the magician David Copperfield. <laughs> and I was like, "Remember how I you love David Copperfield?" No, I, I, I genuinely <laughs> had a moment disappear. I'm like, it's did I say Copper- the magician? You definitely David said, yeah. Charles Dickens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. David Copperfield. Yes. Uh, you can pop back out of that. Listen, you're going to have so many adventures in that world. Maybe you take some of this back in with you because I think some of the David Copperfield characters could definitely use a little more cake in their lives. For sure. Pull a real Marie Antoinette on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, all of that can be shared with either your mentor, Catherine Hepburn. Well done, you. Or your one true love, a Mr. Matt Damon. (laughs) Yeah! 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was the one I was holding I on for. I know that it was. was. Everything else was like an afterthought. Yeah, I was like, okay, was okay, like, and get to the, the bit where I... Yeah. Yes. No, you got him, and you got him good. Oh, my God. Thank you. And that you. concludes the podcast, Ingrid. What a pleasure and a joy. This is, one of a lo- this is a longer one because I did not want it to ever end. Uh, but I do welcome people to follow you on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Um, it's Twitter handle? Ingrid Oliver 100. Ingrid Oliver 100. She is the 100th Ingrid Oliver on Twitter. <laughs> I, yeah. I have to assume. It's it's because I want to live to 100. I don't know why. Okay. That was a really random thing. Yeah. All right, great. No, we'll get you there. Yeah, thank you. I don't you. know what control I have. <laughs> uh, and what what else? What else should we tell the kind people? They can uh, enjoy you on uh, Doctor Who? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, that's, do- that's, yep, Doctor Who, everyone. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. And then uh, <laughs> it's just because I'm, I'm buying myself time when I think of what else sure, they sure, could sure. see me in. I'm, I, yeah, I at the moment I'm just but... hanging out in LA and writing. So Hanging out and writing, guys. Yeah. Watch, watch up for that. And you did an episode of International Waters uh, that I had to leave early from because there was a, a weird bad delay that happened you in bailed. the recording of it. Uh, but I feel sure that that will be hilarious indeed. Um, Ingrid, thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. It's been a delight. I know. I can't wait to hang out off mic. Sometimes I actually do that. Uh, guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 